everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. Episode number 64. The guest is Zach Zarillo, the proprietor, owner, CEO, head honcho, big cheese of propertyofzach.com. You've heard me mention them a million times. Now get to know the dude behind the dude, so to speak. More on him in a minute. Now, this is the Property of Zach plug. Visit that site, propertyofzach.com. I won't talk about it much right now because we will talk about it a decent amount in the interview, but go visit there. Great news resource for you to find out about all the latest and greatest tours, releases, all that type of stuff. Visit there and enjoy it and make it part of your daily routine. Also, reviews. They have poured in over the past week or two. And if you haven't done one yet, I understand. There are many times where I am very lazy and shows that I fucking love, I just don't do because I either forget, I'm not in front of my computer or whatever. But if you wanted to take that 10 seconds to click on some stars in the iTunes store and or leave a review, I really do appreciate it. The one that was left recently by user AS is awesome because, it, I don't know, they, I can tell that they don't listen to podcasts on the regular. And so when they discovered this show, it uh, kind of introduced them to this whole world of podcasts in general. So if I am your introduction to this medium, that's brilliant. And there's so much other fun stuff in store. And speaking of fun stuff in store, uh, I'll be having a pretty cool announcement in the next uh, week or two in regards to the show and some other really exciting things happening, uh, which will hopefully bring some more people into this family that I like to call the show. Because um, it's, it's weird because I definitely do feel this obligation to people that check out the show and not in like a, oh, like obligation, like I have to show up to work sort of thing, but just that I'm making sure that I'm giving you the best shit possible and that you should be telling your friends about it because you are getting so excited about it because I am excited about it. There you go. Anyways, thank you for the reviews. Keep them pouring in. I appreciate it. I'd also like to give a shout out to our editor, Tom Richfield, who is doing an amazing job and I get to meet in like a few weeks. He's going to be traveling to the States. He is from the UK and uh, I'm excited about hanging out with him and uh, lavishing him with uh, gifts and records and whatever else I can give him for all of the hard work that he does in the show. So excited about that. And uh, a few other things before we talk about Zach and the interview. Uh, I just saw, like as in just as in last night, saw a documentary that I think everybody who is a fan of independent music, music in general, I think that's a safe thing to say. Go watch this. It's called A Band Called Death. Uh, it was released, I think, about last Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, on iTunes. Uh, basically any digital provider in which you can download movies or music, this movie will be there. It's about 10 bucks or so, completely worth it. I had the privilege of watching it on a movie screen and going to a theater for it because here in Los Angeles or the greater Los Angeles area, we get a lot of, we get a lot of cool shit. So I try to see it when I can. And the movie's incredible. Basically, it is documenting the story of three black males from Detroit kind of predating punk and playing punk music without even knowing what that is or having a context for it because they were kind of there first unintentionally and being completely overlooked for 30 plus years and then uh, now having a slight resurgence. But I'll let the movie speak to that more in depth because obviously I don't want to give away too much. But go see it. It's incredible. It's such a cool journey. And it just goes to show the power of music and how that can affect people's lives in ways that uh, it just makes me sad when people just don't like music where they're just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, I don't know, I feel like there's this like huge void in someone's life if they don't have. And I don't expect people to be like as nerdy 
as we all are about it. But just to have that sort of level of like, no, I go to, you know, like a few concerts a year or whatever. And like they have that intimate connection where it's like music is an important part of their life. Go see that. A band called Death. And I was really proud of myself. And I know this is going to sound like a really stupid, inconsequential task that most people should be able to accomplish on their own. But me being the most non-handy person of all time, I've done this before, but I never in these circumstances of... I've, I changed the shit out of a flat tire I had. It was like super late at night. I was exhausted. I don't know what happened. Tire just exploded. Uh, I was able to pull off the freeway. My shit was smoking. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not good. Or I luckily was able to pull into a gas station, have a nice parking space. It's well lit. So I wasn't you know, on the side of the freeway fearing my life. And I said, you know what? I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to do this shit on my own. I'm not calling AAA. I'm going to be a quote-unquote man. And uh, I did it through the help of another gentleman who was uh, working at the gas station. So he gave me a few pointers like, oh, don't take off the lug nuts first. You should uh, raise the car first. In case the car falls down, your rim will be completely blown apart, broken if the car randomly falls. Anyways, he just gave me a few pointers. Stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, that makes But I did it on my own. And like I said, I shouldn't be patting myself on the back, but maybe I'm suffering from absolute exhaustion uh, at this point when I'm recording. But I was proud of myself and I felt like a man. And anytime you have those little things where it's just like, fuck yes, like I'm glad I accomplished that tires i want to share that with you and i'm sure a lot of you are just like yo you are a useless human being if you don't know how to replace a tire but i'm not useless so fuck you <laughs> anyways zach zarillo um i just i've only known zach over email until recently i met him for the first time at skate and surf festival earlier in the year yeah just a good dude like i could easily tell that his heart is in the right place very quickly in the content that he puts out on the site and um, you know he's a full-time student and uh, he doesn't do this as his career even though as you will hear in the interview he wants to transition into that i really wanted to capture the feeling of completely unintentionally doing something that starts to capture people's attention as well as kind of the um, internet tabloid culture that sometimes uh, pervades not only mainstream media but obviously the media that we consume as well um, from you know bands dissing each other on stage and people writing songs about other people and why they suck and been happening for a while but you just see it pop up and be more in your face you know every few years so i definitely think we're in the middle of a resurgence of that recently anyways here's my interview with zach i will talk to you afterwards enjoy I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's do this immediately. The most logical place for me that I always start these things off is basically my first my first exposure to what it is that you do, or as a person, sure. I should say. <laughs> I'm obviously older than you. And so watching... Most people are. Yes, most people are. Watching webzines come and go is always, is always interesting because usually you see within the first year loads of content come through a new site for you know that's trying to establish themselves and then you, you it goes away because for whatever reason either the person isn't passionate about it or real life gets in the way or whatever but i remember looking at what you did um you know once once you started to you know push it out there a little bit more in you know whatever 2010 ish uh that's when yeah. i that's when i recognized it and I was like, in just looking at what you were putting out there, I was like, this seems sustainable. Like, you're not posting to the point where it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. This is annoying. 
you're posting like you know the band farts in the studio and you're doing mm-hmm. you're posting a press release on it when you started it was that the original intention where you're like all right i don't want to seem like super duper fanboy like here's everything that's ever happening in our scene or was it something that you just tried to figure a happy medium with that the website kind of didn't start on purpose it's hard to explain whenever i'm asked um i never set out like if i was going to start a website or a blog or anything it wouldn't have been called property of zach that was another question we'll hit on later but yeah (laughs) when the site started when i obtained the domain name or whatever i literally just wanted like a blog on tumblr um and i wanted to like have a domain i was 16 i guess and i thought it would be really cool to have a domain name you know or maybe i was 15 even so then eventually it just started and i was posting things that were interesting to myself and for my followers like if blink 182 announced like a show right because this would have been right after they like got back together i'd be like look this is awesome and so i think over time i just kind of learned what did and didn't work i think we definitely do post more news than anyone but Mm -hmm. it's rare that any of that news is kind of like bullshit like someone's gonna find that valuable and someone wouldn't have found it if i didn't post it i think something that changed over time was when twitter started becoming more popular because when Mm -hmm. the site started twitter was certainly there and it had been for a minute but there would be every week it'd be like some big new band or singer joined twitter that weren't that wasn't on twitter before and information wasn't really coming from twitter like it does now so much of my information Mm -hmm. comes from twitter now that's my favorite social network we're on you know, we're on Tumblr, obviously, and that's that's the reason for Property Zach's success. But Twitter is my favorite. It's so great for so many reasons. And it's, I think it's really changed so much for both for both consumers and the band. And I definitely notice the speed in which you and the site reacts to obviously whatever news is coming out. And obviously some sure. could say to a fault where it's like, you know, you're, 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 you're posting stuff before there's, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll get into that later. But I do think that it is important what the fact that you're reacting quickly because it's like, you know, you see other news outlets that, uh, you know, just post stuff like you can totally tell that it's just whenever they feel like yeah. it's convenient as opposed to actually pushing it out there because it's happening at this very moment. Yeah, to me, I think there's two sides of the site that make it successful, and they work together. One side is our content. When we started... And still today, I think we have the best interviews because, you know, back back when the site started, there weren't really many Tumblr blogs or whatever you'd want to call them. There were just kind of websites that asked really shitty questions, whether it was like, what's your favorite color or, you know, whatever. And I, yeah. I, I would assume websites still do that. But so I was never interested in that because at that point, no one looked at Property Zach. Everyone only looked at like absolute punk. So how was I going to get seen? How was the site going to get seen? And I realized, like, we have to ask questions where people don't know the answers. You know, so, you know, things that are exclusive content, whether it be touring stuff or studio stuff or anything. So, so I think right. that that's the one side of the site. And the other is just our speed with news. It's rare that we're not first. And, and right. that absolutely bites our ass sometimes. But sure. 9.5 out of 10 times, we're first and we're right. And we're first by a lot. That hurts other websites. Not only that they're second or third, but that it, that readers know that if they want something breaking, it's probably going to be on Properties Act before website X. You also have to look at it from the perspective where it's like, if if you're quote unquote wrong, the ramifications of that are much less severe than like CNN. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh man, when that when that happened, I was like, whew. 
you always have to, yeah you always have to remind yourself where it's just like okay it's only fucking music even though it's goddamn important it's only music yeah yeah I'm, yeah unless it's something truly terrible like you know if i had named the wrong like last night even i don't mind mm-hmm. saying this with the whole uh as i lay dying thing i i saw it happen and we were the first music website to post it by a good five minutes sure but i originally tweeted when i tweeted i tweeted out the wrong guy's name so mm-hmm. you know tag someone who only had like three tweets but something like that it's like <laughs> right that's like the worst it's gonna get in our scene it's right, not like exactly. someone like blew up something and i fucked up yeah yeah exactly we'll kind of kind of moving back from this we'll we'll get into that talk a little bit more you're obviously an east coast kid where, yes. were, you, where were you born i was uh born on the lower east side of manhattan and- oh wow Tried and true New Yorker. Yes. Um, so I grew up in Manhattan, and I also grew up, which I count equally or more as my home. My family has a second house in West Milford, New Jersey, which is um, like Northwest Jersey. Okay. And what what exit? It's not it's not on the turnpike at all. <laughs> I know. I always I always like to make that yeah. joke, but uh, so it's two totally drastic different environments. I grew up and I lived five days a week, every week in Manhattan. Uh, I went to a private school, like a Gossip Girl private school, an all-male private school. And I didn't fit in there at all, but I went there all my life. And so my other house in New Jersey is kind of what I consider real world because Manhattan isn't real world um, at all, especially not for a kid. Usually you don't hear of people that grow up you know, smack dab in that environment. Usually yeah. there's like a, a retreat like obviously like your parents said what, what was your family structure like brothers and sisters and what did your uh, what did your parents do for a living my parents were both married before they're married to each other uh my father had a daughter my half sister um okay. before me but they're my parents are very old uh not very old but very old for how old i am uh, okay so i'm 20 my father is 71 and my mother is 61. So that is old. That yeah, is old. <laughs> yeah. So they, they had lives. They had pretty much full lives like before they were married to each other and before they had me. Uh-huh. Um, my mother has is an independent businesswoman. She's had her own graphic design company and branding company for over 25 years now. Um, oh, wow. She's incredibly just inspired me in terms of business and I definitely, that I, you know, I would assume that's where any of my income come from. Um, and my dad does promotional stuff. So in the same company, they work together. So some promotional stuff meaning like merchandising. So uh, like if, you, if you're a school and you need 10,000 X, he will get them for you. Oh, okay. So um, I kind of lucked out for me in terms of properties that because my mom's company did our logo and my dad does all our merch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible it's yeah. a total it's yeah. a total mom and pop operation yeah, it really is um <laughs> so yeah yeah i grew up in the city i grew up uh in the 30s in like midtown manhattan and in high school we moved to the upper west side and now and did your and did your sister uh did your half sister live with you as well no she was older as well she she was graduated out of college, I believe, by the time my parents were married even. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I never – I mean my, my sister and I are – we're not necessarily close, but we don't, we're not like unclose. Uh, she lives in Vermont and she's married. Yeah, um, well, she, she's, she's doing different stuff than yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, and it's, she's totally like – her life in terms of like growing up was done before I was even born. So it's pretty much just me – my dad, my mom, and uh, my mother's mom, my grandma, lives with us, too. Oh, okay. And she's the best. 
essentially you felt well not you felt but you were an only child I was, no, I was, I was absolutely an only child for sure yeah, yeah. and I, I could have almost guessed that because i definitely see uh i have an only child as well and i, I see I, I just there's something inherent like where you can smell each other out yeah you're just like oh yeah i think because you know you just become obsessed with stuff whether it's like music or sports or whatever yeah I just you kind of like, need something to grasp onto i guess yeah yeah, I just uh, yeah. So that that's that's not entirely surprising. You lived in the city, but then obviously you spent the weekends kind of away from the sort of rat race. Yeah, every weekend for sure. Growing up, and then any time where I could be extended longer, whether that was time during the summer or spring or winter break, mm-hmm. stuff like that, would spend all my time it. there. Obviously, it sounds like your schooling experience was uh, extremely like. When did you recognize that this wasn't what you were experiencing? Wasn't normal necessarily. As, as me being an odd kid out in school or as me growing up in Manhattan? No, as, I guess as you being sort of the odd kid out and what, what made you the odd kid out? And, and the younger setting of me, like, you know, kindergarten through, I guess, middle school or, you know, even beginning of high school, um, I was a I was a heavy mm-hmm. sack kid, um, so that didn't help. I would always, you know, I'd get made fun of that pretty frequently, and I don't know. I just think it was I think primarily how I was raised, and also having this retreat to New Jersey was that Upper East Side Manhattan kids are really rich and really obnoxious and sometimes mm-hmm. terrible. And while I don't think I'm the best person, I certainly <laughs> was not a terrible person like that. You're like, on a sliding scale. Yeah, on a sliding scale, you're real terrible. I'm only <laughs> right. semi-terrible. Which is, which is good. You can recognize that in yourself. Yeah, so there, there were just these things. Like, I, I certainly had friends. I wasn't an unpopular kid. I'd say I was a fairly popular kid, but in a different sort of way. Um, I just couldn't subscribe to the sort of, like, just bullshit that would go around. And, like, I couldn't partake in it because I didn't understand it. I did play sports though growing up, so I did. I did have like connections with teammates and stuff through that, but I was I was just never really fit in. And then and then the sort of when I was in middle school, I guess Blink One Eight Two Newfound Glory were on the radio. Like that's when that stuff mm-hmm. was on the radio, and that's also the same time when I found music. We'll probably get into that later. But so after that, when I still loved all that stuff. And everyone else was like, hey, look at this 50 Cent album. And then like three years later, it'd be like, hey, look at this, whatever, something electronic sure. album was. And I was like this loser who just listened to like Blink-182 and sad <laughs> emo music. So you, you, were, you were this, uh, I mean, your experience sounds similar to a lot of other people where it's like, yeah, you were a, you know, slightly overweight kid listening to sensitive music, whereas everyone else was, you know, doing their own thing. And music, music was just, music was just accompanying their life as opposed to. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. That's definitely what it was. Music for me was everything. Um, whether it was because I'm an only child or because of like emotional issues or whatever. And music to everyone else was like, oh, look how like, look what 50 Cent says about this girl and this new song, right. you know? And it, it just didn't matter. It was just something fun to them or, or like sure, a throwaway. Sure. It was disposable. Whereas these other, these, these things that you. I cherish. That was truly like my life. Like I hated, I didn't, I didn't hate my school in terms of like, actually being in school and like teachers and stuff, but kids, I couldn't, I couldn't handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you, yeah. There, there's nothing you couldn't relate to any of them. Yeah. Well, some I didn't mind it all. And then some it's like truly, truly. Just <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's funny too. Cause you strike me as a person that, uh, obviously isn't afraid to share their opinions. Um, 
yeah. which I, I'm I'm sure that has come from that sort of place as well. Absolutely. And so, what sports were you playing in high school? I love, and I still do love soccer. Um, I always, I, don't know, I think I played soccer since I was five or six years old. Um, I played goalie. I would say a pretty good goalie. Um, I played some basketball too, but I was not mm-hmm. great at basketball. Um, but I love soccer. Soccer is probably my first love of anything. Every weekend, school teams, etc. And then in, uh, I guess, my freshman year of high school, I broke my wrist playing soccer and had surgery and ended up having second surgery. Um, and so I kind of stopped playing sports around then just because I couldn't do it. And so then as as music started to envelop you, you said, well, you, said you, you liked the actual experience of school, like you enjoyed learning and applied yourself. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, I wasn't a phenomenal student. I, I got a lot better at this one point in high school. Like, I actually was never a great student. Um, and then I had this one teacher in, uh, I guess, my sophomore year of high school, and she <laughs> whipped my ass. <laughs> and, she, like, I don't even know if it was that, but, like, she was, she's a, she's actually a pretty good friend of mine now. She, she's a younger teacher, and she just kind of changed my perspective. Like, it wasn't – like, she loved what she did, but I could tell, like, that she was a real human, too. Like, you know, as you're, you know if you're a kid, like, you know your teachers have lives. Right. But, it's hard because they're this position of authority and yeah, it's weird to relate. And so this teacher, uh, Miss Amley, like she was an authority in the sense that I would like, I would be terrified of my life if I did something to truly piss her off. But I wasn't like, I didn't pay, I didn't follow the rules because I was, because she was my teacher. I followed the rules because like I respected her and she had like a group of two or three kids that were important to her. And, you know, we were just, instead of like going to study hall, we would just like go to her room and talk. And so I, at that point, sort of in junior in junior years or sophomore year, between her and a girlfriend I had at the time, I sort of my grades got better. Yeah. I guess you had motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I never really had motivation before, and then suddenly, like I liked history a lot. Suddenly, and so then, um, as you started to as you started to progress through high school and everything, the um, because like you said, you were just basically, you know, were you online doing? you know blogging and that type of stuff or because you said you know when you initially mentioned that you just obviously fell into the property of zach you said you had people paying attention to your writing like what were you writing about i think my sort of it's weird i can like a butterfly effect i can kind of pretty much i pretty much know exactly how the whole timeline yeah. of like property zach works which i think is weird because a lot of people don't know that like in their own lives like how things kind of unfold mm-hmm. and i don't know that in so many other areas of my life but when it comes down to music which leads to the site. Like I know exactly how everything unfolded, which is strange, but I used to always hang out on this like pop punk blink One Eighty Two message board called punk disasters, which is now shut down. Okay. And that was, some, that was also like a retreat for me because no one in my high school, like pop punk music or any kind of music that wasn't, you know, rap or whatever, top 40 stuff. Um, so I was always just on this message board pretty much all day and all night um and eventually that shut down and so i i just didn't have anywhere to talk about music so that's why i started like my my blog on tumblr uh, just because i wanted to like keep talking about music whether it was like with one person or no people um so i guess eventually tumblr was really fresh back then i think it was only around for a year or two 
Um, and I don't remember your question, but I guess eventually we just started having followers. Yeah, you you basically were just writing about music. So like you would get a, yeah. you would get a new record and you would write about it. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't write either. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not uh, to, to this day, I don't believe I'm a good writer. I, I wrote I wrote reviews and stuff for the site in the early days because we didn't have anyone else to do it. Sure. And I, I think now I'm truly leaps and bounds better at writing than I, than I was back then. And maybe now I'm all right. Um, but then I, I was terrible. If you were to go back to like page, I don't know, 2000 on the website, you would see like those early, early blog posts. <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's not, it's not like what property is act is today, a year ago, or even like three years ago. It's just totally different, just like aimless and no point to it. Cause there wasn't a point to sure. it originally. There was no consideration of an audience. You were just doing it yeah, just as an outlet. I, yeah, it was fine. It was like, if you went to Tumblr blog X, but I mean less so because Tumblr wasn't like a beast like it is today. And there's no like community or sense of like, Oh my God, let me reblog you if you like Law Dispute 2 or something. It was just like this different kind of place back then. Right. And it was special too because it was such a small community at the time. Sure, sure. And so I'm going to presume that you are not pursuing a degree in journalism or anything like that. <laughs> are you, just, just because, like you said, you don't consider yourself a writer. No, I don't consider myself a journalist. Okay. Um, but I, I do, I am pursuing a music industry degree. Okay. Um, which half the music well three-fourths of the music industry would consider a joke and the other fourth doesn't care right <laughs> it, it's true well i bet i imagine it was, myself included right <laughs> well at least you're at least you're aware of that yeah i didn't i wanted to originally take a year a gap year before going to college my mom wouldn't let me i also don't want to go to college but my mom is scary <laughs> it's basically the jewish mother thing I see. So they're, they're not to mention the Jewish mother, but then the Jewish guilt that comes along with it as well. Oh yeah. Oh, she I, she taught me everything I know. <laughs> so so you really legit like? Did you have a legitimate conversation with her where you were like, okay, I'm graduating high school. Like, what was your pitch to her? How were you like? All right, I want to take a year off. This is why. My pitch, like, if my pitch existed now, like, if the site is where it was now, then I could probably get a year off. Mm. But I wanted some time. The site was, at that point in my life, like, crazy. Like, it is today crazy, too. And, like, if I knew back then, it would have been like, no, that's not possible. But, you know, it was cool. It was working. I could tell it was going somewhere. Mm -hmm. At that point, there were very hush, hush, hush discussions of like hey maybe you could team up with absolute punk or something like that and it was just fun i was doing something for the first time in my life that i actually had passion for i don't think many people in the world have passion for something you know like you can love music but passion for something in terms of you know what you want to do with your life mm -hmm. truly sure truly like you can't be stopped um and and for the first time with anything i really did and I wanted to just kind of attack that. And and I thought, and I, I probably argued poorly, like I could make this so much bigger in a, if I had a true year by itself um, instead of trying to juggling it with college because, hey, look, I don't care about college. I'm telling you now. Right. All I care about is this website. Interesting. So basically, all, all 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 you're doing right now this is a this is a this is an exercise in uh, completing your familial obligations. Yeah, that's what college is to me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will I will truly I will totally admit that being in Philadelphia instead of New York City for these years uh, has and will continue to be a huge source of growth for the website. Mm -hmm. And so like 
I don't want to be in college, but it's definitely helped. It hasn't hurt. It's weird. Everything in my life, I'm not going to say everything in my life has happened for a reason, but it's all in terms of music stuff. Like I was saying, like that butterfly effect, it's all work for the site's benefit. Sure. I mean, it's cool because it's like, you know, like you mentioned, you're 20 and it's like I reflect upon myself when I was 20 and, you know, was, was playing in bands and was doing that whole thing. And I mean, obviously this was 12 years ago when I was 20, but the idea of being focused at something, and I think that that's the one thing that is always, it always honestly inspires me and gets me really excited when people such as yourself, when they realize that when they are younger, that they can control some aspect of their destiny where they're like, Yeah. yeah, like, I, I don't need to wait for permission to do this. I don't need to wait for, you know, a graduation date. Like, I can just start doing this now. Exactly. Yeah. And I, the, the first month of school was, like, last year, my freshman year, was truly, like, difficult for me. I was definitely, like, depressed, and I just didn't want to be there. I never, you know, like, I never enjoyed going to school in K through 12, even though I didn't, like, hate my school as an institution, just because of the people. When I came to Philly, to Drexel, I just, I didn't hate anyone because I didn't know anyone. But it just like, who are these people? Like, <laughs> you also don't know anything that I know, right? right. Or, you know, you're not connected in some like, um, and so that was tough. And it was also tough when I went back this year, just because it's more this year, because like the site has, you know, truly gone somewhere. But last year, it was, it was tough. And then I think somewhere in the middle or the end of last year, it was like, hey, like, I know I'm ahead of the game, one, because I'm young, and two, because I get to use the next three years of school as like my real job as well, but while I'm in school. And I don't know if that makes sense, but basically, like my competition, I'm not too worried. I shouldn't say it that way, but um, <laughs> anyone that has a website that's currently at the age 25, when I graduate from school, I'll be 22 and they'll be 28. And they're not, unless they're making true money, which good for them if they can, they're not going to be able to do that anymore. They'll, they'll eventually have to lay it to rest because they'll need to find like a real life job. Right. Whether that's in the music industry or in whatever. But when I graduate, hopefully the property Zach is big enough where it can actually be my real life job. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting because obviously you can look at this as your, you know, your incubation period. Like all you're doing is honing the site's craft during this time because you don't have to pull any triggers on like, oh shit, there's those pressures that are coming. It's like you have the time to develop it. And then like you said, you'll hopefully transition right into it as a job. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. I am lucky enough where like I don't need to be worried about student debt and stuff because of my family. And, you know, so my job is to not fail school, says my mom. And to, (laughs) well, I've made, I've now made an agreement with my mom where I just need to pass. Which is, that's good. That's a compromise. Yeah, she she understands. Like now, because, you know, I in a lot of the conversations that I have on this podcast, there's definitely the whole um, trying to explain to parents what exactly it is that you're doing, where it's just like, what? Like, you know, when you first started to go to shows and stuff like that, I'm sure your parents had no context on... I, I never... How old were you when you went to your first show? The first time that I know that I, w- I drove myself to a show, maybe about a month before my 16th birthday. Maybe I was about to turn 15. Mm-hmm. I think that's – and so like I never could go to a show before that because I didn't like – I didn't know I was allowed to. Um, <laughs> and honestly, my first show, I was pretty much not allowed to go. But it was an Angels and Airwaves show. My parents like understood that like like Blink went into and like Angels and Airwaves were like all I had in the world. Mm-hmm. 
it wasn't like a true show. It was to like 3,500 people and, you know, like that. So my parents definitely didn't understand my music and my attitude and my, my desire to like go be in these scary places where kids throw themselves around. Right. And especially too, because obviously, like you mentioned earlier, your parents are much older than your typical parents. So like you have kind of two barriers. You have the whole... Yeah, yeah. my dad is definitely much more old-fashioned. Sure. Um, not so much my mom. Okay. Sometimes. My dad is definitely kind of like the strict guy, and my mom is kind of like, I'll work on him. <laughs> um, That's cool. Yeah. But my parents now, I'd say my mom was always fascinated when property Zach was like a real baby. She was fascinated. My dad didn't get it, but she was fascinated, and she obviously helped with the logo and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the only reason I got into the school I got into was because of Property Zach. And so I obviously go to a music industry program, but my grades weren't fantastic. But I definitely got in because of the site. Right. Um, I think by the end of my senior year, my mom was like truly on board, like, hell yeah. Um, and my dad thought it was cool, but he didn't necessarily understand it either. Mm-hmm. Now he totally, totally does. And they're both like, the website is truly as successful as it is in a large part because of my parents. Um not only in the way that like my mom raised me and growing up in a business oriented like self-made world but just all the help like they've been so there's never been a point where they've been like no you shouldn't be doing this my dad more wants me to get like an a in school but they get it they t- they're to- they're great they totally get that this is something real and actually tangible and different and and just different and they they're great yeah well i mean it sounds it sounds like an interesting environment just based on the fact like you illustrated where your parents were both kind of you know hustlers in the sense of they were you know they were handling their own business and they were doing a lot of their own uh things as opposed to you know working for a company that you know gets them i mean obviously they're working for a company that they've established themselves but yeah so it kind of you know your dna you're hardwired to sort of build it yourself yeah for sure and the, i want to hit on a few topics when i you know when i was your age and i feel i feel so weird anytime i say that when i was your age it's like what the fuck <laughs> am i talking about like yeah, i did a lot of freelance writing and that was mm-hmm. that was when i mean there still is a zine culture but zines were much more prevalent right whereas they actually had you know they would do runs of anywhere between five to twenty thousand copies and whatever so it was interesting <laughs> that's crazy i know it is it's funny i mean there's there all these zines like law of inertia out of new york status fans out of here in California. And these were all like more miniaturized versions of what alternative press or decibel is today. Yeah. yeah. It was, I, I was just always interested like you in sort of writing and expressing yourself within the confines of music. But anyways, lo- long story short, where it's just like, I started, you know, kind of getting to know these people and started writing for them. And it was interesting because they, you know, almost immediately within like, you know, five or six months of me, quote unquote, working for them, you know, they started to pay me that culture has definitely changed especially just because the web is what it is and so like do you you know you yourself do you have an opinion on regards to the idea that you know people they want to get involved like they just need to know that they're gonna have to do it for free for fucking ever before anyone will ever be able to pay them it'd be hard for me to argue that that's wrong because i never grew up in an environment where where that actually was wrong it's i mean i think it's definitely tough i think age matters so much with it because if you're 16 and you hone your craft and you know you're a pretty decent writer by the time you're 18, 
then you can totally do it for free through your college years, you know? Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to get paid, but maybe that's going to get you somewhere by the time you do graduate. But if you're anything older than that, like if you're at the end of your college life or you're graduated, it's so much tougher to be able to be like, yeah, I, th- I think I'll like, I like writing. I'm passionate about it. Like, I'll give this site three reviews a month for free. I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting. Everyone on Properties Act is volunteer and no one gets paid. And I also really like how you put that because I think, honestly, you're one of the few sites that actually makes that known in the sense of like volunteer. Because I think, you know, everyone else, it's like, oh, yeah, they're a staff writer. But if you use that in the yeah. if you use that in the real world, that totally yeah, no, that totally means that you're getting paid for it. And everyone's a volunteer. I'm the only person that posts news, so that part of the site would never change. But if we lost all of our volunteers, the site would be a drastically different place. And so I'm really thankful. And obviously, a lot of these people are glad to do it out of their own time. Most most of our team members are in the college years, I guess, or right after. And then, but we do have three or four people um, who are in their early Mm thirties who just love music and uh, they have real jobs. They're not like unemployed or anything. They have real jobs. Um, They're part of society. They're part of society. They contribute to society. I assume they pay taxes, (laughs) but they love music and they want, and they're talented and they want to be somewhere and they want to do anything to uh, still have their work published in any way and are glad to. And that's, uh, that's been fantastic to me because our oldest writer and probably our, I guess our first volunteer hire, um, the website sort of started just me and then Emily, uh, who is, who was our number two for about two and a half or three years was always with us. And then Jesse, Jesse Richmond was, I think our first writer that was not Emily or I, and uh, he's in his thirties and he has a real job, but he's always been a phenomenal contributor. And it's, I think it was sort of with him that I realized like, Oh, I could actually count on other people. And there are actually really great people that would want to volunteer their time. And that that's always been special to me. And it's great. I've seen, I've seen other people get hired. Um, so I do think even if you're not being paid, which sucks, cause it would be nice to be paid, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it can lead somewhere. Right. I've seen it lead somewhere. Of course. You have to look at it from the big picture. If you're going to yeah. if you're gonna amass all of these really solid written pieces on whatever, um, you know, that's gonna look interesting to your prospective next freelance job or whatever. I mean it's like, yeah, you see the freelance writers that are around today and you know, it's like they're writing for six or seven different sites as opposed to, you know, whatever, two or four years ago where they were writing for like three. So it's just a ch- yeah. changing landscape. Uh, yeah, I I never saw I guess much of that world. I I see those arguments now when it's people getting pissy about not being paid or whatever. And it's like to me, I'm thankful that I don't have that attitude just because I didn't live. You know, I wasn't like who I am in that era. Right. Um, and I I totally understand it for sure. I'm just it's, I'm lucky that that wasn't when I was around. Yeah, I also look at it from this perspective too, where it's not like if you're paying somebody to write that their writing is necessarily going to be better because they're getting paid. If that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. We have fantastic, we have some fantastic writers. Um, and we have people who have gotten so much better just because they care enough because whether they want to do it as a job in some way or just because they care about writing and it shows, I don't think just because I pay you doesn't mean you're giving me better stuff. Right. For sure. It's mo- it, it could be motivational, but that is kind of where it, 
lands and that's it yeah exactly exactly and kind of what you know something that we were talking about earlier in regards to the whole idea of i'm sure you're basically your most uh the most prominent articles and news pieces that you publish are all obviously usually sensationalistic in content and not yes like you're not pitching it as such but you are presenting the the quote-unquote facts um is it one of those things like because to me you know you read you read a news article or whatever is happening within the scene it's frustrating to be like oh wow well this is basically we're just a microcosm of society in the sense of like you look at us weekly and it's like it's a massive publication and the whole tabloid culture bleeds into what this music scene is as well i'm sure you've noticed it and i'm sure you have thoughts on it yeah um i don't know some people call like properties act like baby tmz um <laughs> and that that really like i'm not properties act doesn't comment on when sherry dupree gets pregnant or when you know whoever has a baby or gets married we've never made a post like that and we never will we don't like comment on when alex gascarth gets his hair cut right some websites do. We are totally a microcosm, though. And I, it actually, it becomes more obvious as more fucked up stuff happens. This As I Lay Dying thing or Of Mice and Man or like, it, it's really funny. I mean, it's not funny that that stuff happens, but it is kind of clear that we are just like a baby solar system. And unfortunately, only 2 million people are in that solar system compared to the 200 million people that buy us weekly. Right. I don't know what your question necessarily was, but I, I didn't have a specific question. It was just more pointing you in the direction of if that's something that you obviously personally have noticed yourself, if it sits with you okay, or if you're just like, well, like I'm fine. I'm fine that you can call properties like a tabloid site. Like I don't care about that. If that's if you think it is, then I think you're like misconceived. If we were a tabloid site or TMZ, we wouldn't be pushing into this new editorial kind of direction that we're going with with real stories and we wouldn't have this really good video work we wouldn't care about being a voice for bands as well rather than just like uh hayley williams hair looks bad today. right gossip <laughs> uh, gossip fodder yeah i don't think we gossip either we definitely post some rumors here and there but to me that's not gossip to me that's not necessarily tabloid either kids you know like kids look for that stuff and i look for that stuff whenever it comes down to a feature on the website it's what I want. It's what I would want to read. When Properties Act was starting, it's once I realized it was actually a thing, not just some domain name. So anything, anything that's on the site, uh, besides the necessarily the bands, because I don't listen to a good portion of the bands on the website. But I don't know. I don't necessarily believe we're tabloid. I get that people say it, but sure. If you're an artist and you're pissed off because you tweeted that you're in the studio and I posted about it, but you're pissed off at me because I didn't wait until I got a press release about it, then then I don't, and you're calling me a tabloid, I think you misunderstand how the internet works. You know, like, you shouldn't be tweeting something to your potentially, let's say, 20,000 followers if you don't want that to be heard Mm -hmm. and if you don't want anyone to talk about it. It's, I, I think there's a lot of sort of, I think there's a lot of artists who are cool with it a lot of artists who just don't really care. And then there's this weird in between of some people who want things both way to be able to, to be able to talk about, I'm writing new songs for this band. Or, hey, I'm in a new project and uh, I'm not going to tell you what the other band members in, but I'm going to tell you the initials of their name. And if I can't guess the initials of their name and put it on my website, you shouldn't have teased it. Sure. Cause that's my job. I have a job at the end of the day. Right. That totally makes sense. I, I see exactly where you're coming from and I, I, I agree with you. And that's obviously why we, we are partners in what we do because it property Zach isn't just covering the band member farts in the studio 
Yeah. Into being the fact that, you know, obviously you're young yourself um, and have been, you know, involved with this music for, you know, a fourth of your life. Um, The common complaint and like, I definitely, I don't necessarily agree with this, but just like, you know, the whole old guy statement of like, okay, the young kids don't know what's happening these days. They don't look backwards. They don't have a historical perspective on what came before them. Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with that. I agree they may not go back. Like when I say they, like the kids may not go back yeah. to the degree of which the old people want them to. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like they're like, especially with the fact, like obviously like the decade feature that you guys are doing where it's like, you know, you do, you celebrate records that obviously have existed for 10 years. Um, when I was 10. Right. Is it one of those things that you notice as just being a misconception of young people or being like, you do see that young kids just, don't know anything and they're just trying to figure it out in terms of a fan or in terms of like the people who do jobs like me the in, in terms in terms of a fan and like the <coughs> the readers of your site yeah more more so as a, as a as a larger picture than you specifically me specifically though i i never the way i found a lot of the music that i that i love is interesting um i started like taking guitar lessons <laughs> I think when I was 10, maybe I was 11. I think I was in like sixth grade or something. And a few years before that, like my best friend who's three years older than me, like the first time I ever experienced like punk or pop punk, any kind of sub genre of it was like my best friend played me like blinked, uh, played me some 41 song and I didn't know what it was. And I, but I was like, Oh my God, what is this? And I was like nine. And so eventually, like when I started being like aware of music, I would go to like my guitar lesson every Saturday and he was like a punk guy and he would be like, do you know this band? Like here, this band's called the Get Up Kids. And so a lot of the music I love is like late 90s emo or early 2000s pop punk or emo. And so that's that's kind of what I grew up on. When Brand New or Taking Back Sunday were getting off the ground, I was 10. That's way too young. You oh, know? yeah. So when I was 14, I guess that's kind of when I found all that. But that's all I cared about then because I was like in a mind warp. Like I didn't care about anything else. I stuck my head in the ground. I listened to like Blink-182, Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, and bands in that era of like, you know, 1998 to 2005. There was nothing like anything after that. Like I wasn't really aware of for a little while at least. But I think now if you're like, I don't know, 16 years old and you love the Wonder Years and the Wonder Years are your favorite band, you might love like Brand New, Taking Back Sunday and Blink-182. But I think you may not know what the Get Up Kids are. Um, but so when it comes down to like older people being like these young kids – like get off my lawn i think it depends there's definitely like a lot of history that you don't know like i don't know a ton about i guess that's not true but a lot of kids my age don't necessarily know a ton about like lifetime sure or a ton about the bouncing souls Mm -hmm. i do because of some of the people i grew up knowing like some people i met and like so i know what like j tree records is and i know what you know other labels like that are in those bands but i i definitely know just from people that i go to school with who like this kind of music that there's just sort of people don't know a lot of that stuff and that stuff does get put into the history of newer bands that a lot of kids do like so i don't know when it comes to general music listening and like going to shows and like you don't know what a house show is and that kind of stuff i don't know i think it's just tough it's sort of the same issue of like am i a tabloid magazine or is this like how it is now right it's there's no real answer it's just kind of I definitely think it's like people people have different starting points and sometimes their starting point is 
that's it. And they're not going to go backwards. As long as they stay involved in music, that's all you can really ask. Yeah. As long as that, like, yeah, that's a, like, as long as you're involved in like contributing, like if you buy a record, like if, I mean, if you don't download every record you like for free illegally, but like you're downloading music that, and you're buying for it, like who cares if you don't know what the Get Up Kids are, if you only know it, uh, what Man Overboard and the Wonder Years are. It's, it's, I think it totally is a, experience of how you grow up and i'm sure like someone your age doesn't know bands that inspired the bands that they grew up loving you know it's that's kind of like always how it is it doesn't matter someone your age if they're bashing someone that's like 16 for not like knowing how it worked or the bands that came before i bet that same person might have not known 10 bands that were highly influential to the bands you grew up loving in like the mid 90s for sure it's it's such like a it's such a like a technology oh we didn't have cell phones we didn't have computers we didn't have tablets yeah. like there were there will be something in 10 years that one of us are not going to know how to do too well. Right, exactly. You know? it's, it's totally just you grew up in a different era, but I bet that problem was just as persistent in a different way when you grew up. You need to learn and adapt, otherwise you just become outdated yourself. And then in turn, yeah. in turn, you become bitter, and that's just sad. Yeah, there's, yeah, jade, yeah, so many people are jaded. And I think it's clear, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, who's jaded a lot more now, just because of like Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to look, look at how curmudgeon-y they are. Yeah. It's like, don't you don't need to be complaining about everything. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, for sure. And sort of to wrap things up in a somewhat cohesive manner, normally I don't really talk about the quote-unquote future that much with, with people, just because, yeah, usually just because they're either like in the middle of it or, you know, you can already see where they're going. But obviously, since you have such a uh, interesting perspective, like the, your incubation period, so to speak, your your ultimate goal is to be basically be like okay i'm turning this into my job and i would like to hire you know one or two people and i would like to make this a thing like what if you, if you could make your site into your ideal model like if there's some other site that doesn't cover music or whatever that exists out there and you could model it after that what well, you know what what sort of path do you want to take this on if i could be any website in the world i would be the verge okay um, that's a that's a tech site. It's a great site. Uh, that's that's definitely my favorite site. But see, Property Zach is not a website. Property Zach is a blog. Yep. So a lot of times, like when I'm talking to people, they're like, "I think you need to be a lot more like this." And I'm like, "Well, that's not a that's not a blog." And they're like, "Well, so what?" I'm like, "No, you don't understand. We're a blog. The reason why I can post things in 20 seconds and it takes you 10 minutes is because of what I have at my fingertips, which is a good, quick service." So Property Zach is a blog but i don't know we're kind of like a blog plus in the sense that we have a lot of features and those features grow and i need to streamline them a little better so we're if i could have a dream of what property zach is in five years let's say that's that it one still exists that i am making a living off of it that our owners don't close us down that hopefully i can hire some people too but i don't know that's kind of tough too that's i de i definitely want to be doing property zach forever my or as long as i can my i have a i have a contract that ends the year after i graduate so i sort of get a i sort of get my gap year that i wanted <laughs> the year after i graduate sure to just sit at home i mean you know to, it's basically what i do now just without the hassle of school and so i hope by that time that property zach is big enough to where it's actually truly sustainable which i think it is i didn't know for a long time but i think if you know if things go how they're going that it will be. So I, I don't know. Probably is actually my passion, my number one passion, and it will continue to be. 
Um, but I've, I definitely like exploring other things, which I, which I'm doing now with managing a band. And I just started a record label, which technically doesn't exist to the world yet, but soon will. Soon will. Um, sure. But soon will <laughs> this summer. And I just want to, I think what's good about Properties Act that a lot of websites don't have is that the connections we have, like, you know, there are definitely people who don't like the site or don't like me because we're a gossip TMZ website. But then again, there are a lot of people like me, me being friends with you and having you on this feature on the site every week is something that I don't No other websites really have that. But we have that with a lot of people. Right. Uh, not to like insult anyone. I'm a well-rounded person in the quote-unquote music industry because I'm truly like friends. Uh, a booking agent books a lot of the bands we know is a block away from me and he goes to Penn, which is a neighbor of Drexel. And I'm real good friends with him. And, you know, Man Overboard lives in Philadelphia and South Jersey and I'm good friends with them. And, and you know, it's nice to actually have friends in these different sides of the industry to actually see how everything works and everything plays together. And I don't think a lot of other people have that. And I, I don't know why I have that, but I'm lucky to have it. I like that you hit on that because I think that's a super important point. Like, because, you know, obviously there's always those people, you know, whatever, they're 15, 16, start to go to shows and they start to be like, okay, I want to work in the music industry. Like, what do I do? Um, and it's like, that's the simplest advice is like, just do everything. Try, yeah. try everything because that way, you're, first of all, you're going to know what you're good at and what you suck at. But then you will know people in a lot of different facets. Like, you're illustrating right there where it's like you actually have relationships with people and they actually like care about you as a human as yeah. opposed to like a business. Yeah. Opposed to like, you know, like so many of like the PR relationships I have are like friendly, but it's just like, Hey, can you post this? Hey, can you give me this? Which is fine. Like that needs to exist. Yep. <clears throat> but there are those people that are more than that where it's like, Hey, you want to like go get a drink or you want to like go eat or whatever. And that, that's sort of when things start to evolve. And what has made Properties Act successful and what hopefully one day will let it be a true, true real life job for me. Um, because I'm not like isolated in my computer on my internet access to just posting about whatever like the band tweets or whatever the PR agent sends. That's what the case is for a lot of bands and a lot of PR agents or, you know, a lot of managers. But then there are those like, 10% of people that you have real relationships with and feed you in so many beneficial ways and you feed them back. Not in a, not in like a give me this, give me that kind of way, but like you're benefiting from each other because you do different things, but you're friends and those things you do help each other. And it's that's kind of just how things ro have rotated in my life and I hope will continue to because it's nice to not only be friends with like the blogger next door or the state over, you know? Yeah. To, to be able to be connected and like, you know, I'll get to see you next week. I get, I talk to you online, but I get to like meet you. Yeah. And that's cool. Um, and same with other bands. I don't know. I think, I think just having connections, not in the sense of like marketing or branding <laughs> is good. Like if you can actually like have real friends and what you do, you'll, you'll probably be all right. As long as you're not asking for favors. Right. Um, so I think that's properties act will be all right. I love that. You couldn't have tied it in a nice little bow better than that, my friend. <laughs> I try. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you uh, yeah, talking about this, Zach. Like I said, I'm obviously a fan of the site and uh, glad that now I have a better, uh, better perspective on where you're coming from. Well, thank you very much. No problem. <laughs>
All right, sweet. So there's Zach. Hopefully that gave you a nice little insight to, you know, a music blog that has turned into something uh, much larger and greater than he originally anticipated. And it just goes to show, and I tell people this, when I say I tell people this, like I'm speaking to so many young teenagers every day, but anytime I've been given the opportunity to speak to somebody uh, that is, you know, in high school, it's just start something, anything. Whatever you're passionate about, start it. Start something that can potentially build into something exciting. Whether or not it's something you were trying to make a living off of or whether it's something that you are just passionate about, you've got to have something. You have to be interested in things beyond what is presented that's right in front of you. Like, you know, you may be working a job that sucks, but you have this thing that you can come home to um, and really pour your heart and soul into it. Because, you know, a lot of kids, when they're in high school, they don't like the school experience. That doesn't mean that your existence in high school has to be absolutely miserable and the only solace you have is your friends. You can build shit on your own. Do it. There's nothing stopping you. You don't have to ask permission for anything. And Zach is a complete example of that. 100wordspodcast.com. Visit that for updates throughout the week on random shit that I have found interesting that I think you may find as well. Propertyofzach.com, our illustrious partner. I hope to be able to announce cool stuff next week, but don't hate me if I don't. Yeah, until next week, be safe, everybody. Go what's beneath your feet. Flowers that once made you smile have turned to stone.